0: Today we continue our series through the book of Hebrews. The basic message of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Many wonderful things happened prior to Jesus, but Jesus is the culmination of all God's purposes. And the implication is that humanity has passed the point of no return. There's no going back. As the culmination of all God's purposes, Jesus is our only hope. And so, to to follow him is worth whatever following him may cost us. Now, having issued a warning against drifting away from the gospel, the author of Hebrews picks back up on the topic of angels. Unlike the angels, Jesus is an uncreated being. Jesus is God. Chapter 1 was very clear about that. But chapter 2 presents us with an important development. It's not just that Jesus is superior to the angels in his divinity. It's that Jesus is superior to the angels in his humanity. Jesus is superior to the angels as a human being. And the proof of this is found in Psalm 8, which is quoted here. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking It has been testified somewhere what is man that you were mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him You made him for a little while lower than the angels but you have crowned him with glory and honor putting everything in subjection under his feet The world to come in the words of Hebrews, has not been entrusted to the angels. The world to come has been entrusted to humanity. Humanity is destined to rule the world to come. We talked about this last year during our six weeks in Revelation, uh, but let's review. In the opening chapters of Genesis, God creates Adam and commissions him to exercise dominion over all creation. Adam is called by God to be a king, to serve as a king. From the very beginning, God intended for humanity to rule over creation. But of course, Adam failed. He forfeited the throne. And and in a sense, the, the, the whole rest of the Bible is about finding a new Adam. It's about finding a worthy human being who can take back that throne. And that's what it means that God has made man for a little while lower than the angels. God made man lower than the angels, and yet he has given dominion to man, not to the angels. Man was made lower than the angels, but that was always meant to be a temporary arrangement. Again, the plan has always been for God to give the throne to a worthy human being. And Psalm 8 asks the question, Why? What are human beings? Why does God treat them in such a special way? Relative to the heavens, right? The the moon and the stars, as it says in Psalm 8. Humanity seems trivial. Insignificant. So why do humans enjoy such a privileged status before God? Well, there is a divine dignity at the heart of what it means to be human. We humans are the image of God in the earth. Often you'll, he- you'll hear people speculate on what that could possibly mean, what it means to be the image of God. Some people say it's, uh, it's due to our ability to reason. Others say it's our ability to speak. Others say it's our moral conscience. And others, others point to our creativity, our capacity for creativity. And to some extent, those are, all, those are probably all true. But first and foremost, the image of God is a reference to humanity's vocation. Humanity's divine job description. I know we, we just talked about this, but it's worth repeating. From the very beginning, God intended for humanity to rule over creation. Humanity has been gifted and tasked with the stewardship, the, the, the care, the maintenance, the growth, and the progress of all of creation. One way to summarize the Bible is, is to follow this, this image of God theme from Genesis to Revelation. Humanity is created. Humanity is given dominion over that creation. But humanity fails to exercise that dominion faithfully. However, humanity can be restored to its original vocation. How? Through Christ, who becomes the truest of humans, The quintessential human, the final and total Adam. And and there's a hint of this within Psalm 8 um, concerning the the final and total Adam. The, The author of Hebrews picks up on it and he runs with it. When Psalm 8 refers to man or the Son of Man, the word is in the singular. So it it doesn't seem to be talking about mankind as a whole. It seems to be talking about an individual. And the author of Hebrews takes this as a subtle reference to Jesus. As the true representative human being. The final and total Adam. The human being we've all been waiting for. The one who is finally worthy to take the throne. So, Psalm 8 asks the question, what is humanity? And Hebrews answers the question, Christ is humanity. Verse 8. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we do see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So, obviously, humanity has yet to, fill, has yet to fulfill our divine job description. Just look around. Look around the world. We do not yet see humanity exercising righteous dominion over all of creation. But what do we see? We see Jesus. We see the God-man. We see the true human already on the throne. We see Jesus exercising righteous dominion over all of creation. Having been made a little while lower than the angels and having suffered and having tasted death for everyone, Jesus has already been crowned with the glory and the honor that the rest of humanity is destined for. In, the wor- In other words, Jesus is, Jesus is leading the way into God's future, into what the author of Hebrews calls the world to come. The world to come is is not a reference to heaven. It's a reference to a new world order which has already begun in Jesus. At the time the book of Hebrews was written, the the pre-Jesus world was fading away. And the post-Jesus world was breaking in. The previous world was longing with eager expectation for that final and total Adam. Adam. But the world to come is a reference to the world over which Jesus currently reigns as king. So because of Jesus, the, the world to come has already come. It's, it's already here. There, there, remains, there remains a future element to it, right? We do not yet see everything put in subjection. But because of Jesus, that, that future is already breaking into the present. And this idea is developed further in verse 10. For it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. The word founder. The word founder there can be translated in a number of different ways. Leader. Originator instigator, captain, pioneer. The idea is that Jesus is pioneering, pioneering the way into the world to come. Jesus is the founder of this whole new world, a world of love and peace and order and justice and righteousness. And as the true human, Jesus is is clearing the path And he's paving the way so that we can follow him into that world. Jumping to verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Because Jesus has partaken of our humanity, because he was made a little while lower than the angels, he is uniquely qualified to help us. He has suffered like we suffer. He has died like we die. And in doing so, he has delivered us like like an even better Moses From slavery to the most oppressive Pharaoh imaginable, namely the devil who has the power of death. And not only that, we see in verses 17 and 18 that because Jesus has partaken of our humanity, because he was made a little while lower than the angels, he is uniquely qualified to be our high priest, uniquely qualified to pay for our sins uniquely qualified to help us when we are tempted. And the book of Hebrews is going to address all of those things at length. But let's let's focus for a bit on, on verses 14 and 15. Jesus became a human being so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death we were subject to lifelong slavery. So, humanity was destined for dominion, destined to rule. We were members of a royal family, we were children of royalty. But our royal family has fallen, our royal family has been disgraced, enslaved to our enemies. But Jesus became one of us in order to liberate us. Because of Jesus, our our royal family has been restored to its former glory. We are once again destined for dominion. Now, think about that from the perspective of the original audience to whom these things were written. They were in danger of, of reverting back to pre-Jesus Judaism. They were in danger of of leaving the world to come, abandoning the good world that was breaking in in favor of the old world, what was familiar to them. But the author of Hebrews is saying to to return to a time pre-Jesus would be insane because pre-Jesus, the devil had dominion and the power of death. Who would want to live in that world? Jesus has dealt with death. Our greatest enemy no longer has dominion over us. So don't turn back. Better to take the threat of death, but without fear, than the fear of death and without hope. Better to take the threat of death without fear than the fear of death without hope. Don't turn back. To summarize, Jesus has gone before us as the captain and pioneer of our faith, of our salvation. He has paved the way for us to follow him into a whole new world. And he accomplished this by becoming like us in every way by becoming a human being, by being made a little while lower than the angels. And because he is that suitable representative, he has restored humanity to its original vocation as the image of God. Our royal family has has been restored to its former glory. We are once again destined for dominion. And although humanity is not currently living up to that potential, we do see the righteous reign of Jesus, the final and total Adam. So, why put forth the effort to become more like Jesus? Why put forth the effort? Because you are destined for dominion. You are a child of royalty, each of you. And as a child of royalty, you need to be preparing yourself for proper righteous dominion. To rule well in the kingdom of God. You cannot do with, without holiness, without humility, without wisdom and a sense of justice and righteousness and integrity. We've got to have those things. Because God has granted to us, to to each of us, allotted to each of us, a corner of his kingdom, a portion of his created order. Bosses and business owners, exercise righteous dominion in the workplace. Work hard. Be honest. Love your coworkers and employees. That's dominion. Parents and grandparents, exercise righteous dominion in the home. Set a godly example. Practice practice strong yet gentle discipline. See to it that your children are growing in the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord. That's dominion too. Homeowners, exercise righteous dominion in your neighborhood. Take care of your home mow your lawn take care of your neighbors be hospitable make your neighborhood a better place to live in that's dominion children you can exercise dominion too obey your parents help around the house keep your room clean By being faithful with the little things, you are being prepared for much bigger things. Brothers and sisters, no matter what your your daily life looks like, whether work or home or school or, or whatever you spend your time doing, you are a child of royalty. You are destined for dominion. So prepare yourself. And take your rightful place. And, and follow Jesus into that new world. Pray with me. Heavenly Father. What, what are we that you are mindful of us? And yet you have proven time and time again. That, that not only are you mindful of us. You, you actually love us. Jesus, you are the final and total Adam. You have restored us to our former glory. You've restored us to to our job description, our, our vocation. And so, Holy Spirit, help us to live up into our potential as children of royalty. Help us. May your kingdom come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.